Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Welcome to the Killer Women podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air global network with more than 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Jessa Maxwell. Jessa lives in Jamestown, Rhode Island with her husband, cats, and three-legged dog. The Golden Spoon is her first novel. Welcome, Jessa. Thank you. So happy to be here. Okay, so this is... I love the description of this, which is only murders in a building meets the maid. And this is such a fun, edible, different, literally edible, um, different type of book than a lot of the books I've read lately. So it was so fun. So tell um, our listeners a little bit about The Golden Spoon. The Golden Spoon is a baking competition that is televised. Uh, it's held at a manor, like a haunted, well, not a haunted manor, but a, you know, creepy gothic manor. Um, and it's been held by this woman named Betsy, who Betsy Barton, who is a kind of a Julia Child, you know, America's grandmother. And she's joined this year by kind of this brash, uh, like he was on like a cooking show that, you know, more similar to Chopped. And he is, uh, kind of up to like, ruin her she feels like so a murder happens at the beginning and then the book kind of unspools from there and you get to know all these contestants you get to know Betsy and yes I had so much fun writing it oh my god it's so fun and and yeah Betsy's like this sort of she's like a royal in the world of um of cooking and and Mm -hmm. the newcomer uh Mitch Mitch Archie Archie it's See my brain. She's kind of a Mitch character. He has sort of a Mitch. Anyway, his name is not Mitch. His Mitch name vibes. is Archie. And Archie is one hundred percent the like, you know, let's make this more interesting. Let's switch mm-hmm. things up. And she is like, you know, it's she sort of is, is like a Julia Child, Martha Stewart. Mm-hmm. Like she wants a certain decorum to her mm-hmm. show. Uh, the manor is all very fancy. There's the, the East Wing where, you know, she lives and the West Wing where the contestants stay. And it's all very, she likes it all very sort of planned and smooth. And Archie, um, Archie's there really to to mess things up, but she's got all this pressure, right? The producers mm-hmm. are like, it's not enough. We need something new. And of course, mm-hmm. the, the that, that, may, that would make us all feel really, really uh, unnerved. So Can you tell us, do you remember the inspiration for the story? Like, where did this idea come from? It really, I was, I wanted to write a closed room mystery. I'd been reading lots of like Lucy Foley and I just love, I love a locked room mystery. I love multiple perspectives and I wanted to try something like that. And I had like all these ideas floating around and I was like, I just, I was on the phone with my mom, actually, I was taking a walk. She's like, you've got to just write it. I've just got to try writing. This is my first, you know, novel. So I'd, I was like, oh, can I do it? And then I thought, well, what if it was at a baking competition? It just kind of came to me. And then I thought, oh, no, no one wants to read that. That would be very dark, you know. But then I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's like, that would be really fun to write. So I pursued it and I wrote this book. I wrote it in like three months. I loved writing. It was so fun for me to write this book. Um, I'm writing my second book now and it's not going the same. So. 
<laughs> you know, well, like, that is, right. every we'll day I'm like about, I had so much fun writing we'll it talk about that too because that of course is so unfortunately normal oh. but um but that is so fun so it sort of rushed out of you um it did yeah I, I just, love it and it's, it's, it's so much fun I love that you're worried that it's dark because I think in the in our world it's this not is, it's not that dark no, I mean, it's not that dark com yeah compared to so many I, I mean it's no. got really lovely I for me of course dark is a, is a sort of bizarre compliment I love a dark book oh so, I do too I do too um but it's not too dark there's nothing really um there no. are moments where you're like ooh, that's yikesies but it's I wanted in a good to way go, I kind of like thought like it's not like I always wanted to write like a cozy thriller, not like a cozy mystery, but like a cozy thriller. And that's what I hope this is achieved because I don't think it's, it's not quite as, I think that's why Nita Prose is the good comparison because it's not, it's not like a too, too cozy, but it's on, it verges on cozy and there, are, you know, is a, the, it resolves itself the way cozy should resolve itself. Well, and I, I also think there's that sort of, there's that, you know, I think the manner and the sort of the, all that affluence and the mm -hmm. kind of the creepy house, you said, it, you know, a haunted house and it's not it's, per se haunted, haunted. Yeah, but it but could it feels be, like it, but yeah. it could be haunted. It feels like the kind of place that could be haunted. So for sure. Um, and I agree with you, but I, you know, I think of a cozy as being, um, and I'm not really a cozy reader, so I shouldn't mm -hmm. probably say, but I feel like this has all the elements of, you know, of any sort of Lucy Foley type. And those I don't think about as being cozies, but you're right. No. Sort of, it is a little bit like the maid in the sense that, um, yeah, you're in this. There's no sort of really like looming, terribly evil human being who's like getting ready to chop, put people on the you know cutting yeah. board and chop them up. Yeah. So, yeah, oh. no, and I prefer not writing that. I realize, like, I don't think I am. I love reading really dark but I get very invested in my characters and I have trouble honestly even imagining that kind of, you know, just pure evil. Like I like to know why someone's doing, I love, I love, you know, I loved writing the character. I don't want to give anything away, but I loved writing mm -hmm. some of the characters that were, had darker to them. And that was really fun. But well, I, can't, I, I don't know I, if I could write like a psychopathic. Right. You know, Although a good psychopath would still have like, redeeming characteristics right that's, that's what's so fun that's true. and I think each of your characters has you know has something very dark in them or about them right mm -hmm. and um and I appreciated that too that there's nobody who's like oh yeah that person's really clearly out just for all for good so there are yeah. you know without going into too much detail I kind of want you to talk talk to us a little bit about the characters obviously there's Betsy um mm -hmm. who is in charge um, and then you have these, you know, six fabulous contestants, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, you have Hannah, who's this young woman who comes from like a really small town and she's like the prize baker at the little diner. And she mm -hmm. has a very sort of small life, which she imagines sort of launching. Um, and then we have Stella, who was a reporter um, who's left her, that was always her sort of a journalist. That was always mm -hmm. her, her hundred percent goal is to be this journalist. And, um, and she ended up, um, leaving that job for reasons we, we come to understand and doing this. And so tell us a little bit about the other ones we've got. Um, we have Lottie who is a retired nurse from Rhode Island, um, who has come for multiple reasons mm -hmm. to, participate in this has tried to get on the show for like a decade um we have my favorite character Prajumna, who mm 
I do love Perjuma. He's my favorite. I just love Perjuma. Like I miss writing Perjuma. He was like I'll my bet. He could come favorite. to another book. I, I know he needs to. He's just my favorite. Um, and he, you know, is like had this ridiculous tech startup, kind of doesn't take himself seriously, but is like in the throes constantly of an existential crisis, basically, that he tries to numb himself from with activities like skydiving and yeah. he's like a millionaire. He doesn't need he a any typical of this, rich person. But he does yeah. it, right, but he doesn't really have a purpose now that his yeah. he's made his millions. And I actually he's 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 funny for one like he's you know in his but the existential crisis feels so real like there's this mm -hmm. point and I think it happens particularly for men right where they get mm -hmm. to a certain level of like mm -hmm. I, I did that I did that now what's the next sort of mm -hmm. what's the next exciting thing I'm supposed to be doing and so he yeah he kind of searches out trouble which yeah. is really fun and I think like you know I think anyone in that situation gets it gets to a certain point where it doesn't keep like it, the things that worked before don't work still. And then they become more and more self-destructive, which I think is really right. interesting. And I've definitely met men like that. Of course. Then um, we have Gerald, who um, is a math teacher from the Bronx, who's very type A kind of neurotic. Um, I loved him too. I loved writing him. I, uh-huh. And then Peter who is a you know kind of a fix-it guy he does all sorts of home restoration and yeah who else they're fine it's they're, no that's I think that that and Archie I think that's our crowd right mm -hmm. did we forget anybody no I don't think we did not into um, the main characters yeah right and then there's like there's like Melanie who's the assistant to to yeah. to, to Betsy there's a, but it is a beautiful cast of characters and they're um you know, very quickly, which I think is really hard to do and impressive, you distinguish them so that we're not like, wait, which one is this? You know, they're very, they're all very different. They have mm -hmm. very different motivations and no one is sort of a, everyone is fully developed. They're fully realized character. And you can imagine them being your neighbor, your coworker mm -hmm. um, and the interplay of, of, um, of them is it's, and how it, you know, I'm not going to ruin anything, but the very end of it is just, I loved how it ends. So, oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, it was, that was got, so fun. It was so, so fun. fun. Yeah. You got to read the end. You got to read the end to know. So, so <laughs> one of the things, of course, I am like, I cannot bake water. So it's like, I have no, I'm not a cook. I'm, I'm actually no. the worst in the kitchen. But I was, <laughs> there's so much wonderful detail about these spices that you, you mm -hmm. bring in and all this so tell us like is it research or did you cook all of these things um I mean I would love I if actually you know because we're having this little lodge party we wouldn't it be so cool to get someone in to like bake some of these things yes but, no I have not made any of them um Fair. but I have baked a lot and um I do love imagining different flavor combinations and I actually enjoyed it. When I was first writing this part, those parts, I had a lot of trouble because I was like, you know, how much do people want to read about baking, you know, and if it's going to be repetitive because it's happening each day, you know, of the competition. So I had a lot of like trouble figuring out how much to put in, but I think I struck the right balance in the end Yeah, um, of having enough but not too much and I know people find the descriptions very appetizing so I'm glad I yes and it's like too. and a lot of it is like you know you're describing you're not giving us the like 
put you know this and, mm -hmm. and it's not like a recipe but yeah. it is like a sense of like oh how the flavors that would go together and it's that's fun to imagine because mm -hmm. it's like things I would never have even mm -hmm. thought about right and then a lot of the baking is sort of where things go a little bit wrong right because it seems like the thing the contestants are there baking while these camera people are coming around and mm -hmm. and people are asking them questions when you know it I mean, as far as I can tell, it takes a lot of concentration to bake something start to finish well. Mm -hmm. Like you can't really yeah. take your eye off the ball. Yeah. And yet, you know, part of this whole, and especially with Archie and his wanting to sort of shake things up is to sort of make everybody feel a little discombobulated, which mm -hmm. he does. And then the poor contestants, some of yeah. whom are, you know, handle it better than others. But yeah, um, yeah. Right? I mean, others like you watch the British baking show or any of the, any of these shows, but I, you know, that was the one that I always watched because it was a little nicer than, you know, yes. any of these others. and you're just, even though the people are being nice to them, they're so stressed out. Like it's yes. so scary. I cannot imagine. I would have a absolute heart attack every Me time. Too. I cannot Me imagine. Too. And even if you were good, you would get so flustered and just yes. like, I just can't imagine. I think it'd be so incredibly challenging. Yes. Uh, no way it would be yeah I, yeah. Could, I would never I would never sign up for this baking show yeah years. you have to have just such nerves of steel I really think and um actually Val um from season 16 I think of the baking show um has my book right now so I'm hoping she likes it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I know I I'm really that. excited yeah, I'm sure she'll love it I can't imagine because I haven't read a book like this I have I mean I can't think of a, if there's ever been a book Set at a baking contest. I mean, I don't know, but it's it's a it's a super clever um, hook. You know what I mean? And so many people love those shows, right? So this is an extension of that for those people who love it. And I I imagine I'll be curious to know when you do your because um, I know you're going on tour, which is so mm -hmm. exciting. And you'll have to tell our listeners where you're going um, so they can follow you. But I, I wonder if you know I wonder if you ought to just like have people show up with like you know or have good little cookies and I mean I wouldn't say no exactly exactly <laughs> baked goods on challenge <laughs> make one of the recipes from the book so where are I'm you going anything. and when does your tour start it starts March 7th in New York City at the mysterious bookshop which will be fun. very fun it's like the launch party I'm going to be in conversation with my editor Lindsay Sagnet who's just wonderful wonderful and then I go to um Scottsdale which is, I believe that's the poison pen. It is Barbara, yeah. Barbara Peters. Yeah. I'm really excited about that one. I always get that all the names are so similar, you know, they're all I like know. murder by the book. And then, yes. and then I do go to Houston the next day for murder, for by, the murder by the book. And yes. then I'm going to Minneapolis. Um, Once upon a crime. Thank you. They're also like, they also are so, like, get confused too because I there's know. these blog names, you know, but they're all such good. They all look like such good bookstores. Um, and that one will be on the 11th of March. And then the following week on uh, Tuesday, I'm really excited. I'm going to be with Diane Morrissey, who's a really amazing, exceptional cook um, oh. at Elm Street Books in New Canaan. Fun. And then the last one, no, two more. And then I have a couple more local ones. I'm going to a bookstore that's on the island of Jamestown and um they're just like lovely it's called curiosity and co okay and i'm going to be at brown university that week also so yeah it'll be really fun very exciting maybe maybe going to florida later but i'm not sure so fun and then there's ink spell is it ink spell ink 
fish, ink fish. Isn't that one that's right in Rhode Island too? That's the one Vanessa Lilly always goes to. Oh, it might be. There are, we have actually amazing bookstores here. There's like charter books and um, Newport. I mean, I just, I've only lived here a couple of years, so I'm just okay. exploring, but there's some really, really cute books. Amazing. Right. Yeah. And how fun that you get to do this in real life. Like it feels like the last few years, nobody's gotten to have yeah. real life. So that is super exciting. Yeah. I feel well, really I, lucky that it's coming out right now. Yes. That's really cool. Yes. So this is your first, it sounds like this is the first book you've ever written. It is. I mean, I, so I wrote an illustrated children's books before this, um, okay. like books. So this is, I knew I, so I had, you know, a little bit of an idea about publishing and I had agents before. Right. Um, and then this is my first novel. So, but it was very different. Of course <laughs> I would imagine very different from a children's story, which is like what? 3000 words, maybe? Oh, no, picture books. It's like 500 words. You know? <laughs> so it's like completely different. Mm-hmm. It so. sounds actually kind of lovely right now, a picture book. <laughs> I know, um, especially right now. Um, so yeah. tell us like, you know, most, I, I first of all, that's incredible because, you know, most authors do not sell their first book, right? They, they write a book and they have to bury it in the backyard and start another book. So tell us about, <laughs> um, you had mentioned, I think, um, that this book sort of just poured out of you. And I can't remember if we were already recording when we were talking about that, but yeah. um, that you sort of wrote it in three months. And I from there, you know, tell us what happened. Like, what was the, everyone always likes to hear, uh, you know, yeah. how you got your agent, how you, yeah. you know, your first yeah. book story. So if you don't mind sharing it. So no, fun. that's fine. I mean, I had an agent. I'm not going to say her name because mm-hmm. she did not like the book. Oh. <laughs> so I worked on it all summer, sent, um, sent it to my agent. She didn't like it. And then I had, to you know I had I was like adrift I had this like manuscript I was super excited about and really proud of but I had to send it out to other people um I ended up getting an incredible agent I was super lucky um to have I had an introduction which always helps totally um her name's Alexandra Machinist she's like just the best um in the business and she sent it out and then, you know, it was kind of like the dream you had, like, you know, I, cause I wrote it so fast, all this happened, yeah. I had an auction, it, you know, it had all, you know, six publishing houses bidding on it. And then I sold it in a two book deal to Atria, um, which was just like, you know, dream come true. It was beyond, you know, while you're writing, that's always in the back of your head. You're like, right. Is it, right. You're like, going to oh, get a book, you know, is it going to be course. like published or even, um, and then I had another auction a week later for the TV rights, which was really fun. So um, fun. And I, so who know, has those right now? It's, it's called, it's ABC. Um, it's Eileen Brosh McKenna, um, signed on to write it. She's, she adapted like the Devil Wars Prada. She just did the movie, Your Place or Mine, which is currently doing really well in Netflix, I think. Is that Reese um, and um, Ashton, Ashton yeah. Kutcher? Yeah. yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it, but I've seen. I haven't either. Oh, I'd that is it. that is so exciting. I mean, because yeah, you can absolutely picture this as a mm-hmm. uh, series show or, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, it was really um, fun, and I liked like write while I was writing it. I kind of it's like I'm trying to get there with my second one, but like I loved thinking about it super visually I yeah before I was an illustrator so I think a lot of work like a lot of like writing comes to me very visually and yeah 
Um, I can feel that in the book. Yeah, for sure. So So that's so exciting. Okay. So you basically had like the dream first book experience. I did. I had the dream. Wrote it in three months. Yeah. Had to change agents, which happens. Mm -hmm. And then you basically sold it. So you started it when? Do you remember? I started it at the very beginning of May in what year would that be? 2001 or 2001, 2021. And And then you sold it in the fall. And then I sold it in the fall. Yeah. 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 That's, that yeah. is, that yeah. is going to be a hard to be, to be. It's not, experience. yeah, I know. It's like, it's like, and I think I thought, oh, I write a novel in three months. That's what, that's my time for writing a novel. So yeah. I think this has been a very rude awakening in doing the second one. I love what I'm working on. It's just not coming as easily as the first yeah, one. Yeah. So tell us, um, tell us, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what, you know, what... a little bit, it's not, you know, in a huge, mm-hmm. like a, such a good place that I want to like say a ton about it, but it's, um, it's a similar, like a very location centric place. It's a mm-hmm. locked room with more characters in the room, but uh, kind of the same amount of characters as the point of view. Mm-hmm. A couple less, and um, it, there it's there's a matchmaker involved, so oh. it's kind of like takes place at this matchmaking weekend. Ah, I love it. Yeah. Well, now, so what do you think feels different? Like this is interesting too, right? Because yeah. it's you know, is it a little bit of just like, I did it once and I did it so well and I'll never do it again kind of mentality? I think just knowing that there are people waiting for it is different, you know? And I think I just feel more pressured in general. I've got like a lot more going on with the current, with the golden spoon too. So I'm like, you know, doing more publicity stuff and thinking about that and worried about that. And so I think some of the anxiety from that like bubbles into my daily writing, whereas when I was writing this one, the first one, I just, every day that was my job, you know, I gave myself the summer to do it. I was like, you know, my job is to write a thousand words a day and that's all I do no matter what. And now I'm I'm trying to do that. And I'm still, I usually get a thousand words, but then I'm like, are they good words? Am I focused? And I I question so much more. Like, I I don't know. Have you, did you have that experience with your second? I still have it on my 17th. Are you kidding? But (laughs) I, um, (laughs) sorry, but I do, um, I do actually, one of the things I think works really well is do you ever do sprints? I haven't really, I mean, I think I kind of work that way anyway, honestly, yeah. like I, but I, I haven't formally done it. What do you do? Do you set your timer? For I set it. To, so this is my crazy, this is my new process and it's kind of new. Okay. I think even in the last, maybe, maybe the book that's coming out in May and then the book I'm working on now, maybe those two books is kind of new. Mm-hmm. I light a candle, like I have a candle and a candlestick. Uh-huh. I set my, I set my timer for 15 minutes. And I light a candle that sort of sits right in my view. Uh-huh. And I put the phone down because I don't want to see how the minutes are, you know, yeah. ticking off. And then I I, I write. And as soon as my brain wants to like squirrel, you know, I see the candle reminds me that this is the time when I'm not Ooh, allowed to think about anything but the book. And then when the timer goes off, if I feel it, I'll just reset it and keep going. But as soon as I stop writing, I blow the candle out. Mm-hmm. And then I can take a break. But I'm while that candle is lit, it's my way of saying nothing. Oh, you're distracted. not, 
You're not allowed to think about anything but this book right now. And that That's has really, really helped me. That's really great. Yeah. yeah. Because so it's honestly, it's about. incredible what you can get done in 15 minutes, you know, even like if you're focused, like I have no problem getting a thousand words in a day. It's just like my anxiety about, yeah. Yeah. you know, other things gets in the way. And I think it makes it harder because there's so many decisions you have to make when you're writing something, right? Like, and I get tripped up on those in the way I didn't get tripped up on decisions in the first book for some reason. And now I am. And yeah, you're probably, I mean, it's, I think it's probably, there's some, there's a real pressure to success, right? Mm -hmm. Like I did it. And there's also all that nonsense talk about sophomore slumps and the second book. And you have to kind of be like, that does not have to be me. You just gotta, now, are you, are you a plotter or are you um are you a pantser kind of both uh-huh I mean I need to know where it's going at least every day I love mm-hmm. like leaving it where you know what you're gonna write the next day ah you know, me too feeling. Oh. that's a great trick I don't think yeah. everybody knows about that explain what you mean if I I love finding a place in the book to stop if I'm working where I know tomorrow I can get up and write, you know, this scene or this thing. It doesn't even have to be that much. And just that I know it'll be a spark that will keep me writing. Whereas if you finish that and you're done with it, then you have nothing to go to the next day and your brain is doesn't want to go to it, first of all. And then once it does, I think it's more likely to be, you know, kind of all over the place and a little bit. And anxious. it's so anxious. It's that mm-hmm. new, it's that blank place with a mm-hmm. blinking um, cursor versus mm-hmm. I, and that was really good advice. I think actually um, Lisa Unger said that too, that she felt yeah. like the thing she does is sets up the next, so she gets herself to the top of the next hill, knowing mm-hmm. that the next day is just downhill. It's so and great. Then at the yeah. end of that day, she tries to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that's, you know, it's great advice. She'll yeah. even stop early and be like, I know it's coming, but I'm not going to write yeah. it because I really want that momentum for the morning, which mm-hmm. I, I think is brilliant and it's super smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think I actually, I did that like kind of naturally when I was writing the last one. And I think then later I met, read maybe Stephen King said the same thing. There was some yeah. really amazing author who I'm said sure. they did the same thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's like a actual thing that people do. It's like an actual, <laughs> if Stephen King does it, it's an yeah, actual it's thing, a hundred percent. Well, I, I, I do think that's brilliant. I think that is so useful and I agree with you. And I think, um, so when you, so after you've done your, you know, words, is there a part of you that sort of like, during the course of the rest of the day while you're doing other things, are you thinking about sort of? I don't think about the book that much when I'm not writing it. I do at night when I'm like falling asleep, Mm -hmm. I'll write little notes in my Mm -hmm. notes section of my phone. Do you do that too? I keep a notepad by the bed because I have notepad too. Yeah. The notepad's nicer by the bed too. Yeah. Although sometimes I've woken up and I've written in the dark because my husband's asleep and the the words are so (laughs) written over each other that I'm like, what does it say? But I agree. The notes, the note section of your, it's um, really helpful, but whatever it takes to just sort of, and sometimes if I'm driving somewhere, I just, um, dictate onto like oh, an email nice. and yeah. send that to myself. And then that's I can grab those words as a way yeah. to start the next day. Yeah. It's kind of like whatever little, you know, level up you can give yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is- for sure. Oh, anything you can get. That's what I need right now. Anything I can get, but yeah, I I definitely don't. I think about this one, maybe the one I'm working on currently more than I did the last one because I'm so stuck with it different times, yeah. I think. Yeah. But, um, 
I definitely didn't. I was kind of surprised while I was writing the Golden Spoon. I didn't really think I would do my work and then I wouldn't think about it. And that was like kind of nice, actually. <laughs> right. It, yeah. And actually, I think there is a, there's a, when you're not thinking about it also, I think your brain is working on it. Like there's that subconscious yeah, that's yeah. going, you know, all the time. Yeah. And I, I think that is really powerful. So I think we can't underestimate the importance of like doing other things. Like I find folding laundry or, you know, walking the dog or, you know, pulling mm -hmm. weeds is a really good time for my brain to kind of figure out problems or like you said mm -hmm. right before you go to sleep so mm -hmm. I was curious since we have this incredible cast coming back to the golden spoon was there was there a character that started it for you was it Betsy was it one of the contestants do you remember who I came think to I did first? write the first section first like the very first Betsy section was I wrote that really quickly and I was like, oh, that's so fun, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I had to try to, like, the hardest part about writing this book was trying to figure out the rules of the show. Yeah. Because I wanted it to be, I mean, I obviously couldn't have 20 care contestants, 20 points of view. And, like, you couldn't have not, any of the characters not have a point of view because then you'd know who'd go home first. Yeah, so it was yeah. Like very, Interesting. Like, that was, like, the logistics of that were very tricky for me for a little bit. Um. But yeah, I think, I think it was, I think I went Betsy, maybe Hannah, then I remember writing Hannah's part and mm -hmm. enjoying that. Um, yeah, the characters came to me really fully formed for that book. And I was just really loved them. And I think it is just because it had like a frame of reference already because I'd watched so many of these shows, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it just gave it, it, it was so easy to picture it. You kind um, of knew that the the types of personalities yeah that are on and I love and... like it was so nice because there actually aren't that many places you can have a locked room where people are so different and that was a really nice thing because usually people are in a room together because they have something in common you know? right so right. it's kind of amazing to have something like just baking in common because then you can have I love having different ages I think that's like something that's yes. in so many novels it's just right. the same you know, a group of 20 somethings and just yes. like, how can you keep them apart? They're all the same. Yes, know? exactly. Or all women or all, you know, yeah. that's another one. We see a lot of books that are just mm -hmm. all women. Um, mm -hmm. Well, that is, I could, that was super, that was just super fun. And I'm, um, and I'm curious, like, did you know when you write new characters, like your for your new book, do you mm -hmm. write character sketches or you just sort of dig into the scenes and see how they develop and then kind of go back and flesh them out once that's I happened? Do that. I really think about it. When I used to draw for a living, I would draw something that was kind of sloppy. And I think this is just how I work. And then I would go over it and over it and over it. And it feels like writing to feels like sculpting to me, you know, where it's like, there's like a piece of it. It's like a mess. And then you kind of like go through it again yeah. and again and again. Like that's definitely how I work. So um, you write new words and then do you sort of, or do you go back and read yesterday's words? And then are you sort of that kind of writer? Or you I, write your new I skip all over the place. Like if I don't okay. feel like writing a thing, I'll go, if I'm inspired to write like the ending, I'll write the ending. I'll go back. I'll write in the middle. Are okay. you linear? Well, for the most part, I always have been, I, I have tended most, you know, more recently to sort of be like, something happens here that I'm not sure about. And so I write the next thing mm -hmm. or this is the scene that happens and I don't feel like writing it. So I write the next thing, but mm -hmm. uh, I, yeah, writing to be like flipping to the end and writing would have, would mean I know a lot more <laughs> about mm -hmm. how I got there. I don't necessarily. Yeah, know no. That. And I mean, it does cause problems, but there are things like, I know I want to get 
to a certain point. So it's kind of like, I kind of like having that, I think, destination in mind as I'm figuring out the middle, the middles, you know, of the, of the golden spoon to the middle was sloppy for a while. And then I kind of like, it kind of came together. Yeah. Yeah. But I knew the ending too. So I was like, oh, I can get there. And that was a kind of fun challenge. It's like comforting to know the ending. I think (laughs) like, and actually that is the thing for me. Like I, I don't say, I'm not saying I could write it, but I always know no. sort of how Where I have going. to know because yeah. I don't really know a lot as I go through, but I have to know sort of the general yeah. direction. It feels like, you know, I'm, it sort of feels like navigating cross country and I don't really know how I need to get from mm-hmm. New York to California, but I know no, I totally. have to get to totally. California. So I know and I have gotten lost on some country roads in this one. <laughs> well, I think, I, right. I think that's, that is exactly a hundred percent normal to me. Yeah. So, I mean, no, I think it is. And it's like, also like, it's very easy to put so much pressure on yourself, you know, and be like, oh, you have to get it for me, like done in three months, or it has to be, you know, perfect. And it's not, it really just doesn't. So Mm-mm. I'm trying to like let go of some of that stuff too. Plus now you have an incredible editor you work with. I mean, the thing that's so different about a first book, right, is that you, yeah. you're you writing it. I mean, you might have critique partners, you might hire an editor, but you don't mm-hmm. have that partnership mm-hmm. with an editor who is invested in your book and who's, and now you do, right? And I'm mm-hmm. sure your editor, you know, you could send the first hundred pages and be like, am I on? You know For what sure. I mean? I have this weird like pride about it that I think I need to let go of because I, like don't want her to see it not like my husband's editor you know my husband's like a very big editor and I won't show him my books till they're finished like I don't like people reading before I feel confident and I also don't want people's voices in my head I think saying things that are well that's true it that's why I think a lot of it's tricky you know when working with anybody else like critique partner an editor mm -hmm. anybody it's uh, yeah, because you just like, you know, they have to be somebody who's, it's almost like a therapist. <laughs> they have yes, to listen yes, more tricky. than they suggest, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're saying you want yeah. this thing to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're saying you want her to go down the dark path into the woods. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, yes, that's yes, exactly and... what I want. <laughs> that's exactly right. It is. I mean, that is, there's probably a, an untapped market for for a therapist to work on books. Well, on books, I know. I actually, my therapist, I had a therapist I went to for many years um, and he, I didn't talk to him about book plots, but he was kind of like open to that. Like he was like really, he was a writer himself and we didn't talk about his writing or anything, but like he was just very creative and I just- kind of maybe I should like hire him to talk about I mean the, 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 the thing that's fun is in the last I mean I, you know I published my first book in 2000 so back then I didn't feel like there were sort of these book whispers or even not 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 book doctors because I feel like they're the ones who work after but now there are some resources I think that are quite helpful about with people who are just like this is my plot and you know, and they just yeah. help to make sure there's no holes in it. That's fun. So yeah, it is. And I, you yeah, know, because and like, you leave it to the copy edits and then there's so many, it's just too late to like change things. And yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So there, I, I think there's a woman named Kathy Yardley that's something about, it's just got a book called something your plot. I can't remember, but she's, mm-hmm. um, she was really helpful. I, she helped me on the book that's coming out in May just to make sure I had yeah, all the right great. 
Oh, I would love you to know. do that. No two books are written the same way, which is is kind of disheartening, right? We think, oh, we know how to do this once. It'll always be the same. So yeah, I'm learning very mm. quickly. And you've had so many different like experiences. Yeah. I can't even, I mean, it must be kind of comforting to like, uh, or is it just terrifying? It's just terrifying every time. In fact, you know, <laughs> Um, I got the opportunity to talk to Sandra Brown. She was on the, um, she was on the podcast and she is, I think one of the most impressive mm -hmm. women I've ever had the chance to speak to. And she was so funny. Cause she said every, she's got like 90 something books and 88 New York times bestsellers. And she said something like, wow. every time I start a new book, I little, I'm paralyzed with fear. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> how can I possibly do this? I can't do this. And she yeah. says, she looks at her stack of books, you know, on her shelves and thinks, okay, well, I mean, I probably can do it. I've done it before. So I guess I, just <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, if Sandra Brown feels that way, then there's no that's hope nice. for me. Yeah. There's no, that's really good no to know. That's so yes! good. To know. <laughs> it's so, it's just the truth, unfortunately, or fortunately. So now do you have a deadline on this next book? Yeah, it's due, you know, in the next couple months. So yeah, so that's unnerving it too, right? It, it is unnerving, feels and the book tour stuff is, you know, exciting, but also taking up a lot of like energy. You know, right. what am I going to wear? I got to. Like, I know. Clothes. Got to try my clothes on. Got it. <laughs> and we're kind of. I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like that being gre gregarious and and per it's a it's. I am, of course, I love people like one-on-one -on -one in small doses, mm. yeah. but I think it's so overwhelming. It takes so much energy that you then have a recovery period. Yeah. And it's not the same as it is for people who are just really extroverted. extroverts. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm, it's, you know, and I'm, yeah, it'll be interesting because I've never been in a situation where I have to fly every day for something or, you know, like I have one, yeah, it's the one at night in New York. And then I have to get up my flights at like eight in the morning to go to Phoenix. And then the next morning there's like a podcast and I have to get another flight. It's just not, it's not I, I have a very, very mellow, quiet life, you know, like I, know. I have to take the dog to the vet in the afternoon. I'm like, whoa, like all day preparing for it. <laughs> That's me too. I'm like, do yeah. I have to leave the house today? Do yeah. I really have to go? Can I yeah. postpone all this? No, yeah. it's that's a hundred percent right. So it, it, I mean, I think give yourself some grace and also know that all of those deadlines are flexible and it's mm -hmm. the perfectionist in us that wants to be like never late, never, but yeah, everything there's room for everything. So I think, you know, it just, because yeah. otherwise I think we can make ourselves crazy and it, that doesn't do it, sure. the book or us. Anything. I know I was really freaked out for like a month there for a while where I was like yeah. feeling very pressured and things were just not coming out right in the book or just like also just worried about the, you know, gold spoon going on sale. And at one point I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to be calm. You know, I need to be calm. Yeah. About it all, yeah. So. yeah. 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 You need to be calm and you just have to also just know that that one week will might be a little crazy. And yeah, I would suggest temporary. eye drops and extra caffeine yes. and then it'll be, and then it'll yes. be over. Right. I yeah. mean, then you get to go back and um, mm -hmm. but, but also enjoy it because there's yeah. nothing like that first pub day. I yeah. mean, what an incredible accomplishment. So yeah. this, and I'm going to, I, I cannot remember, I should know this because, um, I should remember what day. So actually, March so the, our podcast, well, yeah, 
our podcast is what I was looking for. Our podcast actually goes oh. live on March 7th. Oh, so, so as today. You listen, yeah, so as you listen <laughs> to this, it is today. The Golden Spoon is available everywhere near you. And it sounds like you can also listen to Jessa talking to Barbara Peters. Um, I'm sure Barbara will record it. She always records those and they're really fun to listen to too. And, um, and go grab your copy. It's so fun. And it will make you um, crave sweets, which I should yeah, warn definitely. you in advance. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. so many yummy sounding things in here. So, so tell us, tell everybody, Jessa, where, um, where to find you online so people can follow you and keep track of your progress on the next book and all that exciting stuff. I think Instagram, I was going to update my website, but I have not done that. So um, Instagram is my most, I'm just trying to like, make sure I give everyone it's Jessa Maxwell author is my Instagram okay. handle. So and we will, t- and are you on Facebook too? I, I am. No, I'm not. I mean, I am, but not, but not for time. books. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we will tag you. Um, obviously when we, um, we will tag you when we, um, great post our stuff and that is all on facebook so you'll i know you have a personal account over there so you can go check it out too Mm -hmm. um but everybody this was so fun and um and a really different read and lots of unexpected twists and one really um gnarly accident (laughs) i won't give you (laughs) too much and then there's this lovely thing that i'm reading from the very final page which is not giving anything away but i thought this was so lovely um, it says, I think you need others to even be able to see yourself fully. The best way to find the value in yourself is by being good to someone else. There you find your purpose. And that is the sweetest thing I have ever tasted, which I thought was so beautiful. <laughs> so thank you. It's been so fun to talk to you this morning, Jessica, uh, Jessa, and I'm so um, looking forward to others reading The Golden Spoon and looking forward to seeing you at BoucherCon, which is yeah. our... Um, VoucherCon, for those who don't know, is the annual mystery convention, and it's a reader's convention, which means if you are a fan of uh, me or Jessa or any number of a thousand authors, we will all be in San Diego over Labor Day, and you can come and meet us and buy books and listen to us talk about the crazy life of being a writer. It'll be very fun. So thank you for for joining us, Jessa. So much fun. So fun. So fun to see you again. And everybody, this has been Killer Women with our incredible guest, Jessa Maxwell and her book, The Golden Spoon, which is out today and you must get your hands on it. And and we will see you next time. Bye.